0: Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal.
1: Hi, welcome to the show today. The more I have learned about food, the more I've felt lied to and manipulated. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I really thought my family had been eating a healthy diet, and I thought I was providing them with the food for a healthy diet. I was so careful. I was pretty healthy. So I was reading the labels and shopping on the outside of the grocery store lines, you know, with the fruit and the vegetables and the, the milk and not going too much into the processed food. That's what I would learned. Um, we'd go to Costco or Sam's and fill our shopping cart with food that was supposed to be good for you. And, uh, and then I'd turn around and i feed it to my kids. And the label said right there on the label, healthy, healthy. And me and my guests were just talking today about how so often what really happens is if they want something to look healthy, they just uh, write healthy on it and put a picture of a barn. <laughs> so um, I have some people here today that are going to help us know what healthy really is and what nutritious really is. Because I really felt like an idiot as I learned more later about what was truly good and what wasn't. And so we want to inform you today, and they're here to help me teach you how to know for sure you're putting nutritious food in your bodies. And the importance of the local farmer, right? We want to talk about the local farmers. Glad to have you guys here today. Good good morning, Ann.
2: Good to be with you,
1: Ann. This is Kevin and Susan Simich. And they own 1926 Farmer's Market here in Azle, Texas. And that is a suburb of Fort Worth, for you, you guys who don't know that. And um, we are actually at their store today, and we are in their meat cave. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for having me here. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. We're very excited. Now, you guys, you know, I ran into you when I was shopping for healthy food, looking for a farmer's market or looking for a wonderful grocery store that um, didn't spray with pesticides and didn't put all the antibiotics and the bad hormones into the products because my daughter had been diagnosed with Crohn's when she was in second grade. So we are really careful with what we buy now. Um, Got to know you guys, and we want to hear a little bit about how in the world you got into this.
2: Well, Ann, it was a few years ago, and I was the typical... I like to work out. I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to, you know, have the six-pack ab and and you know be the, you know, wanted to look good, right? But I figured I couldn't figure out why I was having these problems, you know, trimming down and, you know, being healthy. So I did a little bit of research and every time I would find something, it would seem to contradict what, for example, the food pyramid would say or my plate would say. And it just sort of took me down a road where I started questioning everything that I thought was healthy. You know, low fat, you know, whole grain, uh, no butter. Use margarine, not butter.
1: Yeah, because those all sound totally against the food pyramid because that's fat. And fat is very small at the very top, right? Right. Yeah.
2: When at least the compelling evidence shows that we are a creature designed to eat and live on fat, moderate proteins, and a little carbohydrate to be healthy. And it's, you know, you've got to dig for it. You've got to look for it. And if you, if you start looking in the right places and, you know, question everything, don't take my word for it, you, you can start to find it. Um, back in the 1800s, they knew that a lower carbohydrate diet would cause you to, to lose weight.
1: Well, you know, and I, re- I read an article about that last night, or maybe it was on you guys' website on Facebook, not yes. website. And it said the first pioneer diet book was back in a, a, for a 1862, man,
2: eighteen yeah. sixty-two, William Banting. William Banting, who was a, a an aristocrat in in England. Long story short, <laughs> he had gone. He was sixty-two when he finally got the answer, and for twenty years was going to, you know, the health experts of the day only to, you know, his health decreased, you know, even though he was uh, a, an energetic man, started having problems when he came across the don't eat so much of the sugar in the, in the wheat, the diet of convenience that they called it, and start eating, you know, more healthy meat and a little bit of vegetable, and believe it or not, he was able to drink wine every day.
1: Yeah, now that's the misnomer about wine, and, and one of the things, when you said it's really a high-protein, low-carb with lean vegetables um, how about fruits what, well
2: a little bit of fruit little but bit of it, fruit. It technically it is it is not a high protein low carb what is it it's a moderate protein low carb high fat diet that will at least the evidence is starting to to, to show that that's going to give you better health it's going to make you uh, you know fit your body is going to look like it's supposed to look.
1: Now, you have to understand that you, you can't see Kevin, but he is in, he's very fit and in great shape, and so is Susan. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank and, and for me, you know, I've always been an athlete but struggled with, you know, though I could go run 12 miles or go bike, you know, 50 miles, um, pack and paddle across this lake on my kayak all the way to the restaurant back, um, that I struggle with keeping my weight down. And so, you know, for me, um, I'm always struggling with that 10 to 20 pounds being overweight. Um, and so work hard. And when I switched my diet to eating more more fats, more healthy fats, um, and not as much bad carbs and not, not as much sugar and trying to cut out all sugar and really getting what's truly the healthy diet today, you know, finding that balance, how to do that and, and really stay lean is what I want people to know how to do. Now, Susan, you, go ahead and tell
3: Oh, me. yeah, I was going to say back to your um, question. Uh, so Kevin really started researching, and that's what we are encouraging all of our customers to do. Don't just take our words for it because we want to make sure everybody knows we don't have a licensed nutrition certificate degree, but um, we eat what we have here in the store and we've eaten this way for years and Kevin has done hundreds of hours of research and many 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 books so that's the key is for people to do their own research and start start questioning what they're eating and what does it say on a box Um, so the reason we got here and opened this store is we totally believe in eating local grass-fed, pasture-raised meats. Um, One of the things that Kevin read a lot about was what was going into our meats that you see in the grocery stores. How were those animals raised? So we had five and a half acres between Decatur and Denton. We raised a lot of chickens. We let them free range. We raised out our own steer and we processed him. He was only grass-fed and babied you know, treated very, very well. Once you taste that kind of meat and how it's raised properly, then you're going to see the difference. So that's kind of, this store just came available and we, it is our passion. It is something that we are doing full time. We want to educate people more on eating local. So that is one of our mission statements is you, you Wherever you live, whatever state, there's a farmer's market. There's a farm. There's somewhere you can go and get locally raised, uh, grass-fed, non-pesticide vegetables. So
1: well, and you talked about labels. You know, reading labels. Yes. But for me, I read labels, and that's in the intro. I was talking about that. You know, I read labels. I. Um, but what I didn't know was what was really not good that was in there. You know. Yeah. Um, and also understanding what happens to the fruits and the vegetables and the meat, you know, with the antibiotics and the hormones and the milk and in the meat. Um, and what that really means, you know, for my daughter getting all those antibiotics, for her it made it it made it made very tough for them to heal her liver that had, not her liver, her intestines that had holes in it, mm. um, and to help her get well because the antibiotics wouldn't work very well from right. taking them in the food all the time.
2: Right. It, and antibiotics will literally destroy the thing that would keep your guts healthy, where, you know, gut health is where most of your, um, you know, your body's uh, defense mechanisms are located. Your health comes from your gut. If you don't have a healthy gut, you don't have a, you know, you're not, not going to be a healthy person.
1: Well, and it's interesting that, so, you know, hormones are in there and I, I always laugh because women, we always kid around about women and their hormones. And so, when when you see the hormones, and it's right there on the you know label. If they don't have it, they don't put it on there. If they do have it, that's what's interesting. They don't really put on there what everything that's in it. And so, with meats or milk, because they do it with both, um, in the grocery stores, the regular grocery stores, they have hormones. So women and men are getting hormones. Now we don't know, are they? estrogen? Are they testosterone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what kind of hormones are in there? Mm-hmm. And, and yes. you know that, um, I mean, I know being a life coach and a counselor that um, I see divorces happen so much with people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, mostly in that time, early 50s. After that, not so much. And, and that is the time when mm-hmm. women struggle a lot with their hormones. Yes, And then men can go through what we call the midlife crisis, right? They just kind of start all of a sudden acting what women would say is crazy. Um, Men will say women (laughs) act crazy for decades. All the time. But um, most of that is attributed to hormones. Yes. And, you know, you wonder what the medical field really knows about hormones.
3: Well, yeah, that's such a deep subject. And um, it goes, but it it all goes back to nutrition and when you were talking earlier about you know you've always been an athlete and strong and you can do things but if you really look at what's going to make you fit like kevin mentioned he was struggling with getting fit well when you start reading about nutrition and what we should eat you're going to see a huge difference in your bodies, how you feel which hormones plays a huge part of that and for example kids that eat a lot of sugar and bad hormones they are going to act badly or they're going to be sick and on and on and on you take them off of the processed foods take them off of sugar and you will you'll notice a huge difference and the the reason we do um seek out local farmers um... is because they don't use the antibiotics on their animals they don't pump them full of drugs they don't feed them grain which we have all learned that grain fed animals are not healthy um, so when you feed an animal correctly you're going to have good meat mm-hmm. you have good meat that goes into your body and it's not you're not going to react badly to it
1: well and you know what's interesting is i don't think most people understand that most, you know, cows and um, deer and those kind of animals, um, they have four stomachs. And so they actually are made to eat grass. Yes. And then their stomach turns it to a protein that has bacteria in their, in their stomach. That, and it switches. So it goes from stomach to stomach to stomach to turn it into proteins to provide the nutrients for their body. And it, I always kind of laugh, I don't say it out loud, when a vegan or somebody says, well, the deer and all the animals eat grass, we should too. Well, we only have one stomach, and it doesn't turn what we eat into protein. It, I wish it did. It's,
2: <laughs> it's, nowhere, near as, it's nowhere near the size of a, of a ruminant animal's stomach. And a ruminant animal, uh, again, is, is designed to turn grass into a food product. Um, you know, we, we can allow that animal to be as healthy as possible, as stress-free life as possible for for our benefit, but, you know, it's a trade-off. We, we must take really good care of that animal. That animal's got to have, you know, the best possible life, you know, with the understanding that it's going to have one bad day. And that sacrifice from that animal is what, you know, gives us the ability to live on another day.
1: Are you getting teary-eyed? I am. Are you getting emotional? <laughs> Because well, they give you know, their life. Good
2: Lord, yeah. it's a big sacrifice. Yeah, it is. You know, and it, and we've got to treat it that way, or our food becomes mechanical and not biological. And that's th- there is a huge difference. You know, McDonald's can turn twenty thousand head of animal into hamburgers, mm-hmm. you know, a day. There is a mechanical process there. Animal's born, animal leaves mom you know at the weaning stage, animal goes to a feedlot. Gets pumped full of food to fatten as fast, as fast as possible. That's not a healthy way to live.
1: It's not a good way to live. No. And, and you know, people, no. what's interesting today is people spoil their animals. Oh, yes. I mean, they care for them. All, you know, and some people go, God, they treat them like they're, they're children, right? But, right. But that's important, you I, know? And so the only way that the farm animals are treated like they're not human is that we don't see that, so therefore we don't really think about it, right? Well what
3: Kevin always mentions and we always talk about is we've really been removed from the food source. Some people (laughs) some of our customers will come in and and we have a lot of different cuts of meat. And they're like, Oh no, no no, I don't want to look at that. Well, that's part of the animal, you know, the bones and the you know the the organ meat is so nutritious. We haven't even talked about organ meat, but Um, We have been removed from the food source, so that's why we're here too, is um, we want to deal with local farmers, small people, small farmers that Kevin has been to the farms. We have seen how their animals are treated. We know what they eat. Um, So we can, you know, for sure tell our customers, you know, these animals are being raised the right way. And that's why the meat is so delicious it and is nutritious. it's amazing how good it is yeah.
2: and what we I was just going to say you know we, as far as being local we are you know right here in azel fortunate enough to have three mm-hmm. of our suppliers our beef one of our beef suppliers is here our lamb supplier is here um, she does an excellent job Joanne, literally you know in the evening you can find her in the pasture with her sheep
1: that's wonderful
2: and then we've got you know a great um, water buffalo supplier who's right here in, in Azal Karen is just magnificent with her animals.
1: I, I, you know, it's kind of funny because when I was here and you said all this meat is local and then you said water buffalo when we were looking at the meat, my husband and I both thought, well I thought it was local right?" because when we think of water buffalo we think of Africa, right? It's, Asia. Asia. Yeah. <laughs> it, in, well in South Africa um, one of our friends came back and he has statues of water buffaloes that he got from the Mm-hmm. The, you know, mm-hmm. the tribal bush people that make these incredible statues. And, um, and that's the first time I'd really ever heard of a water buffalo and seen what it looked like. And they talk a lot about how they behave, how stubborn they are. And, and so I didn't even know that anybody raised them in Texas. Right.
2: Yes. Right. And our, our producer um, is, oh, you know, five minutes east of here.
1: That's amazing. And it was incredible when we tasted it the other night. I could not even believe how how moist it was after grilling. It was just incredible. Well, so we wanted to kind of let you guys know about, um, you know, local farmers that grow. Now, you just said local farmers, which is good. It's better than the grocery store. But do you, you know, a lot of people think organic. Because not all the farmers use organic, right, that are local.
2: Yeah, organic is a... I you know I don't want to disparage organic because I'm a big fan, but it's become just something that you slap on the label to say okay now I'm going to charge you you know a little bit more. I would be more impressed with a farmer who understands um, the the benefit of a soil test and balanced soil and compost and microorganisms and earthworms than somebody who said well you know we use pyrethroids to. Uh, killed all the pests so we're organic yes you know there's there's a a disconnect um, between just being organic and and truly being healthy
1: well you know one of the things I think that the big commercial farms you know they do such um, extreme things Because they have to produce so much. Um, I was reading about this girl who did a science experiment this year on sweet potatoes. And, you know, she stuck the (laughs) toothpicks in there. Did you guys read that? Yeah, Yeah, and trying to get it to grow vines. And it wouldn't grow anything. Wouldn't grow any vines out of it like potatoes right. do.
2: It's it's sprayed with a hormone that prevents it from expressing itself as a sweet potato. Vine. Yeah.
1: And so her dad told us they they got another one, you know, uh, that was from a farmer, I guess, yep. or a yep.
2: local. They got they got the 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 one from the big box store. And they got the organic one, and then they got the one from the farmer, you know, like down the street.
1: Yes, and so which one grew the best? The
2: farmer down the farmer street. Farmer down
1: the street. And, um, and it wasn't necessarily organic. And it, that one sprouted immediately, and it was just beautiful. And so th- th- they started trying to find out why this one from the grocery store didn't sprout any vines. And they found out that they big big commercial farmers spray Nip Bud. That was the name yeah. of it. Yes. Capital N I P, capital B I D, to B U D to prevent when they're spraying in the grocery stores or when it's around heat. To not grow vines which is naturally what a potato would do you right. stick it and it doesn't take that long I mean two no. weeks you stick it in your no. you know bowl on the counter or whatever and you start getting these growths from it right,
3: right, right. well and it's it is scary that they're messing with with mother nature just so to speak and that that uh, whole another subject of what are they what are they doing to our food to make it grow faster grow bigger look pretty i mean we had some tomatoes brought in the other day yesterday his name was henry and he brought in these tomatoes and they're not the prettiest things But let me tell you, we had those last night, and they're good. They're really good. You know, Mm -hmm. but everyone's concerned about, oh, that's a beautiful tomato. There's no spots on it. There's, you know, but what has been put in that tomato?
1: Well, and you, like, I've even, um, I had a friend who told me um, there's no nutrients in the commercially grown tomatoes because they pick them so long before they're ripe. Right.
2: And they... They they, they pick them green. (laughs) And what a tomato is now designed for is to look pretty... And travel 1,500 miles.
1: Well, and I hear they pick them green, and then they do something to them to turn them red. Yeah. So that they're that bright red color. They can,
2: they can, uh, I, I believe it.
1: can't remember what I, they do. I don't want to
2: make this up. Well, I, I think that there is something <laughs> that they can spray on it that will make it turn red, but it's been so long since I read that.
1: That is okay. Y'all do your own research <laughs> okay. on this one. Well, it, it, we even put it in I, water, yeah. and it floats, whereas you get one from a farmer you know, it sinks. Tomatoes feel heavy. They should sink, right? And so we were so amazed that my friend said, let's try it. We put all these tomatoes one by one in water, and they all floated. And I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, there's something in there. And sometimes you can smell,
3: um, you know, almost smell the pesticides when you buy vegetables at certain stores, and you start kind of smelling them, and you're like, hmm. You know the the vegetables that we get in from our local farmers, they smell like dirt. You know, they smell like the earth, and it's nice. Mm-hmm. It's where they came from.
1: Well, and um, so. you know, it's it's interesting that um, there's such a difference, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think that most people realize the huge difference between mm-hmm. farm grown. If you grow it in your backyard, which mm-hmm. would we we would really encourage, yes, um, or getting it from local. Farmers, yes. Um, and you guys were what we might call a small farm. You had five acres. Yeah. But when I read about you guys, you had a huge green. You had a, you had a yeah. huge garden market. Yeah, market did, garden. What do you call that?
2: I did. I did a. <laughs> a, a I, I attempted a, a fairly sizable market garden, and I I managed the first season to uh, plump up quite a few grasshoppers. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's not a good market for grasshoppers.
1: Well, and, and it's <laughs> especially here, certain times of year. Yeah, we, yes. we did.
2: We we supplied a, a couple of little markets with you know things like radishes and and spinach and our tomatoes our, yeah, and, and our, you had a
1: greenhouse so as we well, yeah, greenhouse. right? and we
2: ran we ran leafy greens through the winter and they they did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our f- real focus was uh, kind of a passion of mine to run chickens through the yard. So we had a up at one point a two hundred and fifty ish chicken flock.
1: Yeah, I know you had chickens and you sold the eggs to Denton, Sold, sold right? the eggs
2: in Denton, and mm-hmm. I also had several customers that would, uh, you know, come out to the to the farm and, and see us mm-hmm. just to pick up eggs.
1: Well, and we see that, you know, when we're driving around here, and, and I know a lot of people maybe don't have the, um, they're not fortunate enough to live so close to farmers, so that's the cool thing about mm-hmm. Fort Worth, mm-hmm. um, is that not very far away. There's farmers. You see signs and say, yes. you know, uh, fresh eggs, mm. um, fresh fruit. They yes. let you come pick at the orchard. We let let people come pick at our orchard. And right. um, we even let home winemakers, if they wanted to, come get our grapes from our vineyard. And and, and until you have your, your own garden, mm. which you can have a garden yourself in a four-by-four-foot area. I was reading... Um, online last night that it says you can grow enough food for your family in a four by four foot garden. And I thought, well, that's good. You can
2: certainly supplement. And, (laughs) you know, I know we're not, not in lettuce season right now, but there's nothing like, you know, picking a salad, you know, five minutes before dinner's ready.
1: It's nice. Or going out, like our Mm -hmm. figs, we'd go out for breakfast Mm -hmm. and we only had one fig tree and it produced a thousand figs over time. I could not believe, um, you know as it got so big it ended up getting 20 by 20 wow. and we you know the feed store by us bottom and um and then we ate them every morning but you also eat in season more which is the body is made for that to eat in season based on what's in you know i think that we lost that because the mm-hmm. you know our grocery store the main grocery store has every season's fruit there cuz yes. they bring it in from all over the world right right,
2: right. and and again all that Food is designed to travel, not to be nutritious.
1: Right. And we want, on Living Well, one of the main things I want people to know is how to live well. And to live well and feel good, you got to eat well. Uh, Absolutely. It is
3: the most important thing that we can do. Yes. It is.
1: And people try. I mean, people, it's not that people don't want to eat well. I mean, we kid around, you know, during, you know, during the holiday season, like the 4th of July. Okay. Everybody grills and they don't want to eat real well, right? But in general, most people try as best as they can to do well with what they buy.
3: I, I think so. I mean, and, you know, we get a lot of customers that we know they're busy, we know they have children. Um, and so that is, Kind of our next project here at the store is to maybe start doing more, not really cooking classes, but just more education on, do you know what you can fix in a crock pot? And yeah. it's so easy and we have so much here that you can use and it doesn't take a lot of time, you know, so that that's something that we need to do a better job of. We not just we carry and stock all this good food, but how do you prepare it? How, you know, some women and men are
1: just overwhelmed. They don't know what to do. Well, and one of the things. They don't know how to cook it. Right. They don't know how to cook it. So classes are great. Now tell everyone out there before we go to break where your store is located in Hazel. It is at 235
3: Northwest Parkway. It's right off the Access Road 199. We are right between an elementary school known as the Rock Elementary School and the Methodist Church. Um, we are right next to um,
1: Curves, which is a women's workout center. And it is, what What would you say, like 20 minutes from Fort Worth, 15? Yeah,
2: from downtown Fort Worth. We <laughs> from could, downtown Fort Worth. Downtown Fort say. Worth, we're yeah. about 30 minutes.
1: Because when you come up, um, there's also, it's interesting, it's Fort Worth, and then you see Lake Worth and Lakeside. Then you see Fort Worth again, because, mm-hmm. and then you see the Fort Worth Nature Center. Right.
2: <laughs> That's about right.
1: And then you you're in yeah. Hazel. Hazel. It's really Hazel. interesting. Yes. Yeah. And um and they you have a fa Facebook page, nineteen twenty six yes.
2: Farmers Market. Farmers
1: Market. When we come back from break, I wanna hear why you chose that name. And I wanna hear a little more about where you guys are from and how in the world you decided to get a farm the way you did to end up here. Um and Kevin, we have to hear more about all that reading that you did because, um, when I come here and I ask any question, cause I, I love the cheese and I saw all the kinds of salt. I saw the fleur de salt and the mm. truffle salt and the pink Himalayan salt and any question I have, you could, you answered. And so I'm like, wow, this guy knows his stuff. And I just, I couldn't stop. I was like, oh, and then and, and this cheese, they had sweet cheddar, which I'd never heard of. And, um. It was just, I just felt like I was at a candy store. And I'd be like, what's this? And what's this? And no, what's mm-hmm. this meat? And And uh, we went home and we had a wonderful dinner. And so you guys listen in. When we get back, we're going to talk to Susan and Kevin Simmage more about their store, the 1926 Farmers Market, and, how, and the importance of eating and buying from local farmers and um, free range meat.
2: your world motivate change succeed voice
0: most married men experience frustration because there are things they want from their wives but don't know how to get them nothing seems to work desires are unfulfilled fantasies unrealized and relationships become stagnant men are desperate today for a richer deeper more satisfying and intimate marriage dr jim slaughter teaches men how to have the passionate fulfilling marriage they've always wanted call 817-991-4964 or email j phd at yahoo.com to begin transforming your marriage into what you want it to be
3: it's time to access your magic Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate.
2: Change. Succeed.
0: You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Hi, welcome back to Living Well. We are talking today about the importance of growing homegrown vegetables and fruit to buy, to have your own garden or to buy from the local farmer um, and to buy free-range meats. Um, now, so what do we mean by that? Uh, free-range, I usually think of free. They're free meaning they are roaming in the grass and when you have a yard with your dog you don't keep your dog in a cage all the time and just feed him and give him light in the day and darkness at night Um, hopefully at least light in the day but we wouldn't do that that's so inhumane free range means that they act like your animals when you have them out (laughs) they're in the yard they're living on the land Okay, that's what free range is. Um, organic, when I think organic, I just kind of think original. You know, I don't know why they call it organic, because that sounds organ-like to me. <laughs> I don't know. And so we have Susan and Kevin Zimich. Welcome back, guys. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
1: Um, I want to hear more about how you ended up getting this natural. So you guys had this farmer's market, natural natural grocery store. It's a meat cave, and it's a health food store yes. all in one. yes. Yeah.
0: Fair
2: statement.
1: Yep. Did I I leave out anything? (laughs) No.
2: No. No. I think the the two things that I like to mention uh, the most is uh, bacon and honey. So we have both of those.
1: Bacon and (laughs) honey. You do. Oh, Oh, my gosh. And, you know, um, honey is such an interesting topic, especially with what's happening to bees. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I have my own opinions about what's happening to bees. But... um, the bees are so important. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, honey is incredible. I love honey, um, and, and it's interesting, you know, when you have different kinds of honey. And people are like, "What do you mean different kinds of honey?" Well, apparently, bees can pollinate different kinds of flowers, and sometimes it's flowers or honeysuckle or what else. Because I have now, right now, I'm I have, I have honey that is from. Um, what is it, the one that smells really good, <laughs> the plants that they're... Lavender? Yes, lavender and um, honeysuckle, I guess. Mm. Yeah. And it, it, it you can sure taste a difference. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so how do they know where their bees go? They take their bees. Apparently, they move bees. Right.
2: Well, bees, they can. A lot of big commercial uh, beekeepers do move their their hives from place to place. And I'm not an expert on bees by an any, on bees. any means, but... Um, <laughs> In, in, a, in a nutshell, uh, you know, whatever flower blooming, the bees are going to go hang out with those flowers. And they'll, they'll either pick the, the nectar or they'll pick the pollen. And then they're going to come back to the hive and they're going to fill up a frame. And the frame is the, the piece that holds the honey.
1: Well, in, in Hazlitt, where um, our Life Solutions Coaching and Counseling, our wellness clinic is, it's it's another small town, not very far from here. That guy moves his hives mm. um, just between three different areas at different times a year. So he can come up with three different kinds of honey. Yeah. And, 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 but I know most small, small bee hive, small bee, whatever you call them, owners, they just right where they ever had their bees they, is right. where they, they produce. Can, they
2: can keep them local. And I'd have to really get in and start asking my two uh, bee suppliers, do they move their hives ahead and ask them that yeah. question. I know one of them is, is local here to Azel. He has some delicious honey. And then another one's been a friend of mine for about four years. Um, I've been, you know, eating his honey, um, and it's just absolutely delicious. But for a small producer, he's pretty big. He's got lots of hives.
1: And it's so helpful to us living in um, an area where the honey is made. That's really important to do because then it cuts down on your allergies, and it's very good for you. They prefer you eat honey within, like, a 25-mile range or a 50-mile range of your
2: house. Just sort of like whatever Whatever's bothering you needs to be in the honey. So it's real important that you're getting your honey from a, a producer that doesn't filter that honey.
1: So instead of getting shots, yeah, eat you have, some honey. You're, you're eating honey, and that works better, Yes, actually.
2: You, you'll not only get the pollen, you'll get some enzymes, and there's some benefit to, to honey as a food.
1: Okay, but not that I'm against allergy shots, guys. Just let me clarify that. Oh yeah. But there's just an easier way. Right. Uh, And a (laughs) faster way.
2: If you need the allergy shot, you know, (laughs) get get the allergy shot and make your life.
1: It changed my life when I was a kid, so I don't want to, you know, start getting shots in Mm. sixth grade. So tell tell me, where are you from, Susan? Well,
3: I grew up in Iowa, and I grew up with five or four siblings, and we grew up on a farm. So that's just the way it was back then. You grew up on a farm. Yes. How
1: How big was it?
3: Um, it was. Probably 300 acres. Oh, um, my goodness. That's yeah, a farm. <laughs> it's a farm. And then, of course, then you move away from the farm. And I worked in corporate world for a long time. And um, so landed in Texas in 1983. So... Um, what was the corporate world? Uh well, you. I worked for Dillard's um, for 20 years wow. in a corporate position, and did a lot of traveling. And I wish I knew now then what I knew now as far as eating and feeling better, because you know your ups and downs. And you, I could have, I could have felt a lot better if I would have ate better. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then um, we have lived in the Fort Worth area off and on the last 20 years, and we spent some time in in Houston north side of Houston for about five years and then we came back to the Dallas Fort Worth area.
1: So So. did you go to college? Yes. And what did you major in? in I was a marketing marketing.
3: uh, I had my marketing degree. And that's one thing about I've always wanted a store. I've always wanted a business. I love to buy and sell. I love to market to people and try and figure out, you know, how to you know, just get people interested in whatever you are you're selling, but now it's so easy because we're passionate about this food that, so that's kind of my role here is I'm really into marketing and doing, uh, you know, flyers and Facebook and social media, you know, to draw people into our store.
1: Well, you know, and it's interesting about a business major for marketing and business, often they have you, when you're in school, you know, market some product mm. as a project during yes. college. Did you have to do yes. that? Yes. And that is such a great thing. So yeah. you guys out there that don't know what you want to do, business always helps. Yes. Because in any field you go into, right. you learn to run it like a business. Especially yes. if you, I mean, even if you want to go into fashion or even as a counselor, you know, yeah. I've been amazed. I studied under a man, you know, and interned with him, and he ran this huge medical clinics, hospitals, and everything. And I learned so much from Mm. him about marketing. And uh, I've been amazed how many counselors, they just let me take a percentage because they don't want to deal with any. They don't know how and they don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And so, so how about you, Kevin?
2: Well, I spent a little over 15 years um, working for a company out of Houston called Flexible Lifeline Systems. Just absolutely loved those guys and loved what I did.
1: Flexible Lifeline.
2: Yeah, we were... uh, at that time, I was a, a specialist in keeping people safe who worked at heights. So, if you were going to potentially fall off of something, well, we had the means of keeping you safe.
1: Wow, that's really important.
2: <laughs> and after 15 years of that, I started to get this itch, much like Susie said about. Oh, it's time for me to, you know, to kind of do my own own business thing. And I really got the the, the food, you know, I've, that'd be the thing that wake me up in the morning, make me want to get up and go outside, was to to grow some, you know, good quality, healthy, nu- nutrient-dense food.
1: So, you didn't grow up on a farm?
2: I did not. I grew up on two acres in uh, Katy, Texas.
1: Oh, you're from Katy, Texas? I am from
2: Katy, I Texas. I hadn't met
1: anyone from Katy, Texas. Nice to meet you. Check that off <laughs> on my list now. But, uh,
2: K-A-T-Y. K-A-T-Y. MKT Railroad from way back when. Named our little city, and I, I we moved out there in 1973, so I... Watch the population in the surrounding area grow from virtually nobody to half a million people. I don't know if that's a correct statement. Let me just say that there's a big, lot of people big, 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 out there Right,
1: now. yeah. Well, so were you really into fitness?
2: Um, were I, you an I, athlete? I did um, like to exercise, and I I was an avid judo player for, oh, <laughs> I don't know, 10, 12 years. Martial arts? Yes. Yes, and, it's black belt. Uh,
1: Really, Black and, girl. Uh, welcome. I am too. Congratulations. Oh, mine is not judo. Oh, yeah. Nice.
2: <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a I, long
1: time ago. Yeah,
2: long time. I, I, I retired. You know, <laughs> quote with your fingers. Yeah. I retired uh, quite a few years ago when I took up uh, golf, and I'm not sure which one's the more brutal <laughs> sport.
1: Okay, I'm not even going to say anything. Okay. I'm not <laughs> <one>. <laughs> so, when did you guys meet? In 1997,
3: we met and married in 1999 here in uh, the Fort Worth
1: area. But not in Katy and not in Iowa. So yeah. was it in, and it wasn't in college. Fort no, Worth.
2: No, Not college.
1: You were business people at the time. We right. Were. We were both working and
3: met, and then we just started on this, uh, the, the food has always been pretty important to us, and good food, and, but. Gosh, what was it? Ten years ago? Yeah, eight or ten years you ago? You know, we got off a lot of grains. Uh, I really didn't like the idea of giving up my toast in oh, the morning, yeah. but that was the hardest. But so we uh, we started quite a while ago on researching and what is good to eat, and um, so
2: it's a, sort of a mix between. Yeah. It's not. Paleo, primal, it's more, I would consider it ancestral.
1: Ancestral?
2: Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, what people would have eat, what healthy people would have eaten before 1900?
1: You know, the only difference that I, when I look at um, my grandmother, when I think about mm-hmm. my grandmother and my husband's grandparents, you know, um, it, the only difference with the way I eat now is that they did fry more. They did a deep frying. They made the chicken fried steak, and you know, of course, they did it differently. They just covered it in flour and cooked or it in they the pan. Probably right. used lard. Yeah, they yeah. probably used the animal
3: fat.
2: If, if you change, to if you do, if you changed one thing, if you went from frying your food in Crisco to right. frying it in lard, yeah, it would
1: make you, you live longer. You would be
2: amazed at mm-hmm. the health change. Now, keep in mind that you got to pick a lard that is from a pasture raised animal. If they're done, you know, feedlot style, (laughs) you you get a lot of changes in the quality of that fat. Yeah. Well, and and
1: don't you think, I mean, really, that's the way it is with all the food. Correct. And and butter. We can talk a little bit about butter. Now, you Mm -hmm. mentioned grains. Um, I know that Dr. Perlmutter, David Perlmutter, has this great book now called Grain Brain that came out a couple years ago about, you know, I think people are starting to really be aware Mm -hmm. of celiac disease, which is, you know, a gluten problem for the gut, for the stomach, colon actually. Um, but doc, but Dr. David Perlmutter came out with the book Grain Brain to say what it does to the brain as mm-hmm. well. And it does inflame the brain. And um, mm-hmm. when I think about how I used to eat when I was an athlete, I was 13% body fat and it was amazing how I looked. But my memory started going. I started feeling really emotionally mm, probably more depressed over time um, hmm. and trying to figure that out. And I was being you know taught and trained by well-known health people. And so, you know, I I looked back on that eventually and I was like, what is it about that? Well was I didn't have any fats. I was cutting out so much fat. Um, I was even careful they suggested MCT oil, which is a very refined um,
2: medium chain triglyceride.
1: Medium chain gosh, you're so you're so knowledgeable. It's a it's an
2: energy it's an energy fat. It'll come in and out of fat cells Quickly. real easy. Yeah, and,
1: And I would take it, but, you know, at times I'd think, well, i put on a pound or two. I think I'll just get my oil today. Well, that, mainly Mm -hmm. that, because I didn't have any breads at the time, no grains. Um, Mm -hmm. Mainly that, just missing the fats. Of course I didn't have butter. We used butter buds. Lean bodies (laughs) with Cliff Sheets and Larry North, butter buds, right? And so I had no fat. I mean, I'm sure I did in some of the food. But Mm -hmm. then my memory started... Getting bad, my short term memory, my basic recall like, where are my keys, where's my car? Oh. <laughs> you know, searching the parking lot for my car. My kids are like, Oh my gosh, mom. Um, and when Finding Nemo came out, they made fun of me when <laughs> Dory going, yeah. Oh, that's mom. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm funny. not that bad, but it was very concerning to yes. me. And I was in my 30s, yeah, right, late 20s, early 30s. So it is not dementia. So now when I have clients that they start telling me they're having these symptoms, I'm just old, they're like in the 40s Mm -hmm. and 50s, I'll be like, you do not have
2: dementia. I dug dug back (laughs) in to try to find the guy's name and wish I could remember some more specifics. But the letter was written in 1482, was an Italian guy explaining to his colleagues how he had a sharp mind and how he was so active. And he, like I said, 83 years old, and he's telling it to his 40-year-old colleagues about you need to start eating better. Yeah, and it was along that line, you know, meats, a good wine, don't eat too much, and quit the sugars. Believe it or not, they no. were getting into some desserts in the 14, 1500s in, <laughs> Italy, in Italy. So he wrote a, he wrote a follow up at 87. He wrote a follow up at like 95, and mm-hmm. he died at like 102.
1: Oh. Wow, and see a lot of m- most of the women in my family live into their nineties and hundreds mm-hmm. and and so they would always have butter butter and and you know not oils, not too much oils though you know when we talk about frying even in lard dr Wallach dr joe Wallach would who's uh, nominated for the Nobel Prize in nutrition, he 100% believes that frying in oil is what can lead to cancer. I mean, there's lots of things that he talks about, but definitely don't fry in oil. Frying so I'm just throwing that out there.
2: Frying in trans fats.
1: Definitely. Trans fats well, so, are bad. Yeah, bad. Really Trans fats are bad. Yeah, bad. if you
2: didn't eat another trans fat for the rest of your life, you'd do yourself a favor.
1: Which, you know, a lot of people did because they didn't used to have those. Right. It was very amazing right. how we created that. Right. You know, when we were being health conscious and and that's part of what was frustrating for me is trying to be so health conscious you know Mm -hmm. I switched to margarine thinking that was what was good for me right right right
2: heart healthy right on the label. right
1: on the label and that's what I mean it goes back to the very first when we
3: were starting our our program here is you know what are we being told and what is on the label and it is it is very concerning because you know you don't want to say Somebody's lying, or somebody's. I said that.
1: Yeah, I was lied to. Yeah, I mean,
3: I think we have been, and and butter is just one of the examples. You know, I still go see my mom out in Phoenix, and she buys this skinny little margarine thing, and I'll I'll buy butter when I'm out there. Mm-hmm. She goes, "Oh, butter." She says, "I don't know if I should have butter." <laughs> Sorry, mom, but no, you know, I think it's
1: because they were taught that they, you know, what I'm saying. That's why you need to eat butter. Yeah. Um, well, and for you what's so great about this store is that everything you have in here is truly one of the best things you can have for your body. I was looking around the only thing that wouldn't qualify for that. Well, even your soap, you know, yeah. it's natural soap. Yeah. Right. If you
2: ate it, it wouldn't taste good. <laughs> no, it I it don't want you. to eat
1: that. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. But, you know, for dinner, that, um, fleur de sel salt, I had mm-hmm. never heard of that. Oh, Man, it's
2: a really high quality French, French uh, salt. salt, so you know, anytime you put the French on, that's not even sure. It tasted so much better because <laughs> it was
1: French. But it's supposed to be great but for cooking. It's a really
2: good cooking salt. It's the, the flavors come from the minerals. You know, a little more mineral in in the salt. It's not just your sodium chlorine, um, you know, combination. It's probably seventy other minerals in there of, of varying degrees, which will literally bring out flavor in food.
1: Now we the pink Himalayan salt. Now, see, I hadn't heard of that, good and I had just heard about it course. a few days before I came here, and, you know, you see the salt rocks, the big pink mm-hmm. Himalayan salt rocks, which are supposed to be good for you, yeah. right? You don't eat them. You just put them yeah. in your room and stuff, right? Because our naturopathic doctor has it in his office, and it, he has a light on it, but he says it creates yeah. something. The, the
2: light causes a little bit of heat, which causes it to kind of... Right.
1: So, out. when you see those salt rocks out there for sale... That's what they are. But the pink Himalayan salt to use instead of table salt. Yeah. Now, is it a sea salt as well?
2: Well, it's a sea salt from, you know, many the hundreds Himalayan. of thousands of years ago when, you know, the Himalayans weren't quite so high, or the Himalayas weren't quite so high. <laughs> the
1: <Himalayans>. And so <laughs> why is it better for you? Minerals. Minerals. It's minerals. And that's mm. part of what makes it pink, right? The, yes. I'm assuming. Yes. Yes.
2: Yes. Okay. And and this, these minerals, and this salt is really important for the digestion of uh, protein. So, if you limit your your salt and you don't get these minerals, um, it can actually lower the acid of your stomach, making making um, making the, the digestion of proteins more difficult.
1: Which you know, when you salt, we we really do need to talk about salt because one of the things that terrifies me for people is what they hear about salt now you know it takes about once they the medical field and all their research discover something that they said wrong or they find out something new lay people don't hear it for like 20 years and they're so it's amazing 20 or 30 years. And so I'm sitting there knowing that salt is one of the keys to the body's life. Yes. All the body needs it. And you know that if we're not supposed to have salt Mm -hmm. and it is so bad for you and it causes heart attacks and all that kind of stuff and high blood pressure, why in the world, every time you go to the hospital, before they even see the doctor and the doctor comes in, they put you on a salt drip immediately. They hook you up to a salt drip, and so that you're getting saline salt mm. into your body immediately when you go in the hospital, and so they know that you need it, that you're deficient in salt when you come in, and that's one of the main things that you need. And I've had a client that had migraines. Wow. She had a three-day migraine headache. I mean, she had migraines. She's a 19-year-old girl. <laughs> she went in the hospital because she couldn't get rid of it, and they hooked her up to a salt drip. Right. And within three days, well, within a day, the, the migraine went away. Really? And there were two things that they gave her when she was there. Salt solution, the saline solution that she said immediately when she got in the room before the doctor mm. came in, they did hook her up on that. And magnesium yeah it's,
2: it's kind of funny how magnesium yes. and vitamin D are you're probably going to be find those to be the most efficient in our in, in in our bodies and I would I would suggest that everybody go out at least annually and and get yourself tested you know get a blood test
1: or even a hair analysis anything like that
2: find yes. out what your magnesium is and find out what your um, which vitamin D is and you know they'll change from day to day. But yeah. if you've got a headache, um, you know For it's days. certainly not gonna hurt you to right. take a little bit of a magnesium supplement and see if that helps.
1: Well and I, I know calcium too. I've had people that said they've had migraines all their life mm-hmm. and they start um, taking Dr. Wallach's high grain calcium high grain calcium high grade <laughs> calcium and within 14 days their migraines are gone they never come back because right. they're they were calcium deficient. Mm-hmm. But salt is important to the body it doesn't harm you Please use it.
2: Right. And, um, and make sure that you're getting the magnesium with the calcium. Those two work together to do all kinds of magnificent things in your body.
1: Yes. Okay. And so before we close, let's mention again your store, 1926 Farmer's Market. Where did that name come from?
2: Well, we had a friend that we got the store from. And she was just in love with the name because her mother was born in 1926. So oh. it is just as simple as that. So
1: you bought the name with we the did. store.
2: We did. Now, you know, we, we like farmer's market, but we are more of a, you know, consider us your tiny Texas meat market. You know, we're our, our, really our main focus is, is first meats and then produce. And uh,
1: And eggs, you have eggs. We have have some delicious
2: eggs um, raised by chickens that actually get to go outside during the day. (laughs) And they walk around and scratch the ground and eat grass and chase bugs. And And
3: eggs are another important uh, food. Cholesterol, let's talk Um, about that a little bit. And your farm fresh eggs, and everybody I'm sure has had them, and you go and buy a grocery store egg that's not free range, and there's a big difference in the yolk the color, the texture, taste. the taste. Um, so we really encourage you, again, wherever you live, you can always find some farm fresh eggs. Well, and around here,
1: the farm fresh eggs are wonderful. Free range. And so free range chickens um, mm-hmm. that don't have the antibiotics or the hormones. Yeah. So when you buy it at the grocery store, um, honestly, it's the same price. I mean, when I go to the buy fresh eggs, they're not any more expensive. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're cheaper. I get a lot more and they're a lot better yes. and they don't have the bad stuff in them to right. hurt me, the right. antibiotics and the hormones. And the chickens, it's very, you know, they, they get to live mm. and they just produce these wonderful eggs yep. and they get to live a wonderful life. That's and right. One of
2: my favorite things to say when talking about eggs is chickens are not vegetarians.
1: No, they're not vegetarians.
2: So when you see somebody stamp on their carton that our chickens are vegetarians, realize that they're being mean to their chickens.
1: Yeah, they're only giving them grain, not letting them eat the grass.
2: They need to eat grass and they need to eat bugs. bugs right? They go yes.
1: You've seen birds, what yes. birds will eat, right? And um, I've had people go, oh, I wonder what birds eat. You know, they go mm-hmm. look at the they bird food.
2: All kinds well, we
1: things. can give them the seeds and all that, but they're going to eat other stuff, too, and they're going to eat bugs. It's right. hilarious, you know. And, you see them carrying worms. You see hawks yes, carrying worms. You see birds yes. carrying worms, right? Yeah. And so chickens eat worms. Chickens eat worms. Yes. 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 Well, thank you so much. Well, thank you, Anne. And I love your Facebook. So if you'd like to go to their Facebook, 1926 Farmer's, Farmers Market, Market, and nasal, you can see. Texas. And you have everything on there that yes. you have in your store, when, nasal.
2: Whenever we get something, uh, you know, new in, some fresh produce, uh, you know, some fresh meat, new meat. We, uh, we post it to Facebook so you know we've got it, and um, our phone number's there, our address is there.
1: So what's your phone number? It's 940-765-2894. Wonderful. In Azle, Texas. Azle, Thank Texas. you guys. And this is Ann Beal with Living Well. If you would like to life coach or counsel with me, contact Life Solutions at 817-232-1363. Or again, email me at ablivingwell at gmail.com. You guys have a great week. We'll see you back here next week.
0: Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beale airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week.